morning, early birds. You've caught The Worm, a podcast from Yellowstone Public Radio, rounding up reporting from our newsroom and Montana Public Radio. Today, we bring you news about a radio storytelling event, U.S. Representative Matt Rosendale's election plans, and more. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm your host, Kayla DeRoche. Child care providers who accept funds from the Best Beginnings Child Care Scholarship Program will see an increase beginning March 1st. The Department of Public Health and the Governor's Office announced the increase last week. With the increased rate, an additional 15 percent premium will be added for providers operating in areas identified as high-growth counties. The high-growth designation applies to Gallatin, Yellowstone, Lewis and Clark, Missoula, Valley, and Flathead counties. The increased rates will help child care providers better cover costs associated with the care they provide, while also stabilizing the child care workforce and providing families with improved access to child care, according to DPHHS. Last year, the governor and DPHHS announced a $24 million investment in the state's early childhood system. Wyoming could soon have a third full-time federal judge. The Senate Judiciary Committee is set to vote Thursday on a slate of federal judges nominated by President Joe Biden, including Kelly Harrison Rankin in Wyoming. Rankin, a U.S. Chief Magistrate Judge, was nominated on January 10th of this year. An affirmative vote from the judiciary would advance the nomination to the full U.S. Senate. The Moth Radio Hour is a program dedicated to the art of first-person storytelling. Events are held around the world and air on public radio. Their most recent production was in Big Sky, Montana. Yellowstone Public Radio's Orlinda Worthington was there and spoke with the people selected to tell a true story from their lives. Two are from Montana. John Good is the host for this Moth event. He lives in Atlanta. This is his first trip to Big Sky. So far, it's, it's not as cold as I thought it would be, and everyone's been so warm. While Good warms up the audience, five storytellers, also called talkers, are warming up backstage to share their personal stories before a sold-out audience at the Warren Miller Performing Arts Center in Big Sky. Two of the five talkers selected for this show are from Montana. Bex Frucht of Livingston is sharing her experience as a first-time ranch hand. And I am acutely aware of how steep the learning curve is. She said she chose this story for the moth because it was a pivotal moment in her life. And it goes along with the theme of tonight's event, holding on and letting go. I think for this in particular, like being in front of your community, being close to home, that feels pretty special. And it feels very full circle since the moth was a really special opportunity for me to figure out my creative performative spirit and to have that show up in Montana feels really good. Please put your hands together for King Kendra Milnachuk Potter from Missoula is here to tell her experience as a first time birth doula. She told me she feels storytelling is critical. We're always telling ourselves stories about who we are and the way that we engage with one another. And what I love about the moth stories is that they're these like small moments in people's lives that you realize our lives are just like a series of these small and highly significant moments. Whether you attend a moth live event or listen on the radio, host John Good is assured you will be transformed. When you hear these stories, you will realize that people have far more in common than they have differences. And you will hear stories from people who do not share 
your race, your socioeconomics, your gender, and they will tell a story that is your story, that will touch you in a way that shows you that across all spectrums, we all want the same things. In Big Sky, I'm Orlinda Worthington. According to Moth Producers, there's no air date yet set for the stories taped in Big Sky. We'll keep an eye out for you. The Moth Radio Hour can be heard on Yellowstone Public Radio Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. Grand Teton National Park experienced a sizable jump in recreation visits last year. A news release from the National Park in northwest Wyoming reports Grand Teton hosted more than 3.4 million visitors in 2023, a 22% increase from 2022. The park discloses a shift in peak visitation months. Last year, the peak months were July, August, and September, while in 2019, the peak months of visitation were earlier in June, July, and August. GTNP conducted a summer sampling of recreational visitors, and they found that they welcomed visitors from nearly all 50 states, and just over half identified viewing wildlife and natural scenery as their most important reason for their visit to Grand Teton. What if a single strategy could prevent chronic disease, increase physical activity, and reduce motor vehicle-related injuries and air pollution? As Yellowstone Public Radio's Sarah Brown reports, hopes are high that Bozeman's revived Safe Routes to Schools could do just that. Nationally, 10 to 14 percent of car trips during morning rush hour are for school travel. That's according to the U.S. Department of Transportation. Candace Mastel is with Bozeman's Department of Transportation. She says Bozeman and surrounding communities are no different. They use the personal motor vehicle for the drop-off in many cases for for a multitude of reasons, not just convenience, but also um, might be where they live. And in Montana, that could be a more rural area. They're coming into town to drop their kids off. So there's, but it's a trend that is definitely around the country. Safe Routes to School is a national initiative to promote walking and biking to schools. It looks different in different communities and works through infrastructure improvements, enforcement, tools, safety education, and incentives. Bozeman's Safe Routes lapsed some years ago, but a recent push by the city of Bozeman, the school district, the Western Transportation Institute, and community businesses and organizations is bringing it back. This year, Bozeman's Parks and Rec staff hosted more than a dozen walking school bus events where students gathered at one spot and biked or walked to school with an adult. Two bike rodeos provided free helmets, bike decorating, and giveaways, and helped with riding skills and bike maintenance. High school students even created a traffic-calming art installation at a busy intersection. However, funding. It's dwindling. Billings and Missoula fund their safe routes through metropolitan planning organizations, which Bozeman is actively developing. In the meantime, Mastel hopes families will turn out for safe routes community events and look for ways to get involved. I think it's too important to not help the next generation of users of our transportation system to they should feel comfortable with sidewalks and trails and getting to parks and schools. And we should make it safe for them to do that. Like, that's our responsibility. And then, you know, when we're gone, they can have a better place, right? So... (laughs) In Billings, I'm Sarah Brown. In a year of big elections, Montana politics are already making headlines. The focus now is on the political future of Congressman Matt Rosendale and whether he'll seek re-election for a seat that a growing number of Republicans are hoping to fill. 
While Rosendale has not made any announcements around a House campaign, YPR's Jackie Coffin found out that other candidates filed for the House are digging in their heels, setting the stage for a contested Republican primary this June. It was nearly three weeks ago on February 9th that Matt Rosendale rallied his supporters as he signed and filed paperwork with the Montana Secretary of State to run for Senate against Democrat Senator John Tester. I hope every one of those signs is lined with bronze because we're going into a battle, so you're going to need it. Within one week, Rosendale made another announcement saying he would be dropping out of the race due to a lack of funding and a lack of support from former President Donald Trump. The week-long Senate race is not what Stacey Zinn had been expecting. It was, yeah, it was a kick in the gut. Zinn is one of several Republicans who had been laying plans to fill the Eastern Congressional seat with the idea that Rosendale would vacate it in a run for Senate. Out of respect for him, I had originally said I wasn't going to run against him because he's the, he was the incumbent at the time. When he threw his name in the hat and decided he was going to run for Senate, then I followed immediately afterwards. She's not alone. Rick Holden, a Republican from Dawson County, had similar intentions. That's not going to affect my campaign. I have filed my papers in Washington, D.C. I have filed my papers up in Helena at the Secretary of State's office. So I am on the ballot. But now in the swing of campaigning, eight of the nine Republicans who are in the race for the Eastern Congressional seat are committing to a primary race, regardless of Rosendale's re-election plans. I feel like I honored my word all the way up to there. Now he's made the decision to make changes on his own. So um, I think that the rest of us, and I can't speak to for the other candidates, but I believe that those that waited respectfully for him to, to make that final, yes, I'm running for Senate, our commitment has been honored. And then now we move forward regardless if he, he decides to get into the race. So who is planning to be on the primary ticket? Outgoing Superintendent of Public Instruction Elsie Arntzen, whose campaign said Monday she's all in. Ken Bogner, a current state senator from Miles City, Joel Crowder, a former state representative from Sydney, and Ed Walker, a former state senator from Billings, have also all confirmed plans to continue their bids. So did former six-term Congressman Denny Reberg, who entered the race after Rosendale dropped out of the Senate race. I don't know how the primary is going to turn out. Uh, that's not why I'm in this. I'm in this because I really want to help the next generation. Kyle Austin, who ran as a Republican challenger against Rosendale in 2022, says he's always intended to challenge the incumbent congressman. No, his plans uh, don't change mine at all. Um, I feel like Rosendale hasn't really stepped up to the plate for, you know, the years he's been in Congress. And I feel like Montana needs someone that's a little more energetic, more proactive. Um, with him being undecisive, He's already signaled to the voters, I don't want to be in Congress no more. I want to be in the Senate. Last Saturday, February 25th, Rosendale did file a statement of candidacy with the Federal Election Commission, but when questioned, a campaign spokesperson said they do not have any campaign announcements to share at this time. I'm Jackie Coffin in Billings. And that's what's happening in Montana today. For Yellowstone Public Radio News, I'm Kayla DeRoche. We'll have another episode of The Worm for you early birds tomorrow morning. The Worm is a production of Yellowstone Public Radio. Theme music composed and recorded by Zach Jones at Rapscallion Recording. Metal Art Call captured by Jay McGowan for the Macaulay Library. 
More information about the worm is available at ypradio.org.